Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Morning. <clears throat> apologies, I'm still coughing. I'm still sneezing. I'm still blowing my noses. So apologies. If you're listening on podcast, I will try and do it away from the microphone. Good morning on this Friday. Miserable, rainy Friday. My God, it's pissing down with rain out there. How is everyone? How are we all? Hi, Edward Bevington. Um, hope you're well. Um, uh, Ellen, good morning. You're decluttering with a friend, Gemma. She hasn't arrived yet, so having a cuppa. Um, hi, Danielle. Hi, Toya. Hi, Toya. Hope you're well, too. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Obviously, what a morning, eh? Waking up to see um, Keir Starmer given a bit of a kind of in the eye bubbles. But not a surprise. This is the by-election for any of our American fans. These are incredibly archaic, arcane sort of pointless little events uh, in which our so-called democracy is put to the test outside of a general election um, and really they're, they're never really representative of anything. <laughs> but um, it was good because Rochdale obviously was a by-election. Um, all right, Edward, hope you're well, chief. Um, um, you know, George Galloway, you know, pro, pro-Gaza, pro-Palestine, um, very outspoken advocate for the Palestinian cause. Um, I hugely, oh, excuse me, I hugely agree with everything um, he says and represents in this matter. I, I do, and I, I think I think the reason I've always, hi Carla, hope, hope you're well, Carla Hatcham. Um, your card has gone out, by the way, or a card has gone out to you. I um, hope it arrives um, in America. Um, I, you know, on the one, look, I suppose some people could argue, why are you so down on Starmer more than you are on Rishi and all that kind of stuff at the moment? Well, particularly around the whole Gaza, free Palestine, you know, Israel crisis. Um, it's because you don't expect anything different from the Conservatives. You don't expect, you're not surprised. You know, there are no surprises at how awful or frustrating or soulless or amoral, um, you know, and unhumane or inhumane so many in the Conservatives are. But I think with the with Labour, there's the suggestion that they um, aren't those things or that they would like to think they aren't those things. And I think they've become hijacked in a totally, you know, and, and hijacked by a pathological fear of being able to be in any way critical of Israel for fear of being called anti-Semitic. And there's good reason for that, because, of course, there was the whole conflab and whole issue with the Labour Party, a fear that there was anti-Semitism rife within it. The way in which we've had the mainstream media kind of unpicked and unpeeled and revealed to us, though, in this crisis, it leads you to wonder, well, hang on a minute, how much of what was anti-Israel rhetoric or, or, or attitude how much of that has been characterised as something else? And I think I will never stop reminding people of the huge distinction and difference between anti-Israel, or not even anti-Israel, anti-Israeli government policy versus anti-Semitism. They are not the same things. It is an absolute slur, inaccuracy, and gaslighting, uh, act of gaslighting to suggest that they are. So, so there you go. So, um, you know, Rochdale, this by-election, this, this is the part of the UK in which... Um, you know, the Labour, the Labour candidate, this is how archaic our system is. So, so, so regardless of what you think of the Labour candidate, the Labour candidate was, was basically delisted by, by the Labour Party because he claimed, 
Um, he claimed, for which he apologised afterwards, that uh, he felt Israel knew that the October 7th attacks were coming. Uh, they reduced their security arsenal around uh, the uh, festival. And in allowing it, in a sense, in essence, allowing it to happen, they have then allowed themselves to do whatever they want in Gaza. You know, that's a, that was his opinion. That was his opinion. Um, for, for which the Labour Party, um, you know, came down hard. But because our system is so high tech, they couldn't remove his name from the ballot. So he had to still be the kind of, Labour couldn't put up a candidate. So whilst this is a victory for sure for George Galloway, it's not really what I think he's reporting it to be, or I think we would like it to be, which is a sort of, you know, convincing punch in the face of uh, uh, Labour sort of, Labour oscillation and Labour sort of, well, basically Labour supporting the Israeli government's uh, policy. I mean, I mean, I think it's just shocking and abhorrent the extent to which no one in the Labour Party is in any way, shape, shape, shape or whatever concerned uh, about the fact that by being in essentially the Israeli sort of lobby, uh, being lobbied and, and having Israeli money kind of coming into the kind of, you know, support networks of the, of the party, that they, should, that they don't see that there's a conflict of interest there. I think they just hope and, 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 and I think the assumption is that the vast majority of people in the UK, do you agree? Do you, think, do you think the vast majority of the people in the UK couldn't give a flying monkey's jollop about the whole Palestinian crisis? Do you think that's what it is? Because, I mean, although we're seeing millions or hundreds of thousands and all that kind of stuff, is it just a sort of still a niche group? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, and I'm still not feeling great at all. Are there only two political parties, says Anne-Marie Shellar? That's a really, really apt question. You would think so. Interestingly, oh, oh, hang on. Oh, oh. Um, interestingly, there aren't. <laughs> but our system just, uh, our system only really kind of works for the two main ones. Um, you know, there is the Liberal Democrats, but, you know, I mean, he hasn't said anything. Um, yes, says Nora A, it's not on their doorstep. But neither was Ukraine. Ukraine wasn't on our doorstep. Everyone kind of, everyone was like, Meh. everyone was kind of, you know, do you know what I mean? And I think whilst, I tell you what I think it's all about. I think it's all about, here in the West, we need really, like with movies, we re need really digestible, obvious narratives. We, we are most comfortable when it all makes sense in a really sort of obvious, A leads to B leads to C leads to D kind of, narrative way. And so with Ukraine, Vladimir Putin, I mean, right down to his name, Vlad, you know, Vlad, Vladimir, he's the baddie. And so then Ukraine are the goodies. And it's interesting because there are huge parts of the Ukrainian militia that would in no way be described as goodies. So you know what? And just because Vladimir Putin is a baddie doesn't mean all Russians are baddies. And just like Benjamin Netanyahu, in my mind, is a baddie doesn't mean all Israelis are baddie and baddies. And as we've seen all over the world, and there's a really moving moment. I don't know if you've seen our vlog of the march that we went on a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you saw it. it was, I, I caught a sight of it as, and of course, I didn't want to get crushed, actually, as the march moved on. You see a sort of phalanx, if you like, of a, a Hasidic a group of Orthodox Jews um, protesters, you know, protesting for Palestine, uh, equally kind of outraged by the state of Israel. So, so it's weird because everyone got on board with Ukraine, but yeah, you're right, it's not on their doorstop, doorstep because it's Palestine. Well, I'll tell you what that speaks about. And this is the problem when people say Islamophobia and anti-Semitism aren't the same thing. 
which is what Melanie Phillips, I think, has said in the, in the Times this week. Uh, that article keeps being pushed about. And I think the Labour Party would claim the same thing. And clearly the Tory party don't even know what Islamophobia is, because even when it happens and they fire people for it, they can't even say it. Um, the problem here is, is that I think Islamophobia is so, so institutionally baked into our system, our attitude, our culture, that we, that we almost in an imperialistic sense don't even see these people as, as the same. I, 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 can only, I can only think of that. Here's the other thing that really strikes me, as int uh, which sort of strikes a chord for me. I don't know if anyone else feels this. Are most of you guys plugged into other platforms like Instagram, TikTok, not Snapchat so much, but Facebook, all that kind of stuff. I mean, do you kind of go around different platforms to get your news or do you kind of, do you go through the sort of mainstream media and then have a look around the edges of that too? different, you know, The Guardian versus The Times and Telegraph and all that kind of stuff. Because the thing that really strikes me about all of this is, I think the politicians in our country, especially, let's just stick with the Labour Party, because they're the, they're, the, they're, the, they're the cowardly fuckers, the, the Labour Party. They're the ones that have, had no, have no spine and who are trying to hedge their bets and who are shifting their policies and, and beliefs and, you know, and all that, all that kind of stuff just to gain, just to make sure they get, their, get into power. <coughs> um, have none of them, and do are none of them shown any of the footage at all that's shown from the more reputable online social media accounts or other other sources like Al Jazeera or Middle Eastern Eye? Or do you think they just don't look at it? Because when you hear something like, so you know, yesterday there's this awful, awful story of the Gazan food aid uh, massacre. You know, they're calling it the flower massacre. Um, you know, this is just uh, over a hundred people killed. There's, there's really distressing, and this is the bit that really gets me. There's distressing footage, drone footage of, of what look like ants. I mean, because it's so high, and you can see the sort of heat-seeking infrared bodies, all, all sort of surrounding a food truck. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and you're reminded of, oh my God, is this how the Israelis see them in there? In, it's just like, do, 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 just lots of dots. And a hundred uh, Gazans, Palestinians, died uh, through being shot at and crushed in a humanitarian aid dump. Or, you know, they were trying to drop humanitarian aid. This strikes me as unfathomably awful on it's like when things can't get worse, this is where we've become so immune to things. So, you know, bombing a hospital, oh, yeah, but it's, they're shielding, it's Hamas. Yeah, there's this line of, you do this, oh, it's because Hamas are there. You do this, it's because Hamas are there. What, so you do everything. So we blow up the world because there's Hamas there somewhere. This is getting ridiculous. So they killed a hundred, so a hundred Palestinians died who, they're not starving. I hate, there's a really important distinction here. The Palestinians aren't in Gaza, aren't starving. This isn't a famine. They're being starved. There's a crucial distinction. They are being starved. The next layer and the next level of decimation is going to be one in which it doesn't need tanks, bombs and soldiers necessarily. It's just a reduction of food. So when Palestinians who are being starved. They're not starving. And when people say, and I keep seeing it, due to civil unrest in North Gaza, civil unrest, no shit Sherlock, civil unrest occurs when you starve an entire nation of all ability to sustain itself. Civil unrest, even the phrase civil unrest suggests there's a sort of choice. Oh, you know, 
oh, I'm going to cause some trouble. We're not talking about that. These people are desperate. And so a hundred have died in a humanitarian aid convoy. Shot at, shot, crushed, run over. If this isn't a catastrophic war crime, what is? When is the ICJ going to be marking the homework that Israel supposedly was supposed to hand in a month later? Isn't that, a, wasn't that, wasn't that meant to be about a week ago? So I find it, it gets curiouser and curiouser as to how the West circumnavigates round these really ooh, discomforting. So what is that absolute Burke who keeps standing up in the White House, who looks like a character from Star Trek? What's he said? We've asked for a thorough investigation. So we're now in a situation where the country that's plausibly committing genocidal acts has to deliver proof that it isn't. So it's like, mark your own homework, guys. Mark your own homework and hand it in and who knows, you might get an A. And now, when clear, recorded, filmed, catastrophic war crimes have been filmed and shot and seen and broadcast, uh, we'll ask Israel to do a thorough investigation. But only their thorough investigation. So you murder someone, murderer, but you tell us whether you did it. How do they not think we're not... Uh, uh, why... Uh, civil unrest. I, I'm astonished. I'm astonished at the front of them all. Sorry, I'm on one, but I just absolutely astonishing. Astonishingly insulting in every single regard. Sorry, I just had to say that. Uh, did you not speak of this flower mascot last week? I remember Nadia talking about it and I looked and I couldn't find it. Emma Muck, uh, are you talking about the hundred who have died in the last few days? No, I don't think we could have talked about it last week, Emma Muck. Um, we're talking about it now because it didn't happen last week. All right. Um, Russ, I can't believe in this day and age, this is the world we live in. It's, it's just astonishing. It's astonishing. And here's the thing. This is what Labour, I heard a Labour politician on the radio again this morning saying, well, you know, what you can't trust what's reported. Well, hang on a minute. You can't trust what's reported online on social media. Don't forget, social media is often an extension. Sky News have a YouTube channel. Uh, you know, Middle East and I have Instagram. Social media is an extension of, 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 of disseminating news, of getting news to people. It's not just social media should be ignored. So this is how they do it. This is how they carry on with their cowardly propping up of the Israeli offensive, the Labour Party. Is they go, we don't look at social media stuff because we can't rely on that. No, what do you rely on first? And if you can't rely on it, is that, that just, it's very convenient that you then refuse to look at anything that is authentically distressing or real. I mean, are any of them in the shadow cabinet or in the cabinet of the, you know, Rishi's cabinet, are any of them seeing any of these, any of the things that are going on? Do they look at them and think, oh my God, what do we do? It's, I said to Nadia again last night, Rishi Sunak yesterday, didn't he? He said, we must do something about mob rule. Mob rule, again, check out our, our, our short film about uh, the, the peace march. In every mass grouping of people, you get, you know, idiots who want to cause trouble. Let's focus on football, uh, you know, fans. Every weekend, countless brawls, fights, stabbings, bullying, racism, sexism, assaults, 
drunken behaviour, drunken battery. I don't hear anyone saying let's ban football. I don't see anyone mentioning mob behaviour there. Precisely, Concrete Jungle. He's over-egging the whole mob rule thing to be able to criminalise all protests. And yet, here's the deep irony of his mob rule thing. The only parties encouraging the other kind of mob rule, uh, you know, what's a, what's a fucking face? What's the really annoying... Oh my God, I've forgotten her name. What's the name of the Home Secretary who's just left? <coughs> Why did I want to say Serena? What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Oh, you know... The government have incited mob rule. The government have encouraged mob rule, haven't they? They've, they've enabled and they've, they've, they've mobilised people to kind of be anti these kind of protesters. Suella, thank you very much, Suella. Thanks, Anna Illing. Suella Braverman, mob rule, mob rule. You want to characterise people who have a heart and are so desperate for their governments to have some kind of humanity. You're right, the only way you can dismiss them is to characterise them as mob. This is willful ignorance, and this is what's happening with the Labour Party around the, the footage that's out there, the proof that's out there, the ICJ's rulings that are out there. This is what everyone is willfully ignoring that which they don't want to see. Astonishing. Absolutely astonishing. So, uh, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of George Galloway the man, because I think he's a bit of a... You know, he's all about George Galloway. I mean, he's already said he's done the same as Churchill. Come on, for God's sake. I mean, Church Churchill was a, you know, come on. But I'm kind of, I tell you the one thing I am looking forward to is George Galloway standing up in the House of Commons and giving Keir Starmer some shit. That's what I'd like. It's like, forget, forget the, to the thing about the Tories is that nothing is surprising about them. Uh, at the same time, um, people are gathering uh, for the Alex Alexei Navalny funeral today. Um, that is happening as we speak. I think there was a worry in Russia that perhaps his funeral wouldn't happen. Um, but, you know, again, that's, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? The narrative, I mean, no one's for a minute suggesting Putin's a flipping good guy. But we, we trade in simpli simplistic truths in our media. Yeah, and we, we think we're not, we're not victims of propaganda. Everything is being manipulated. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to be doing the, uh, the quiz of the week, Faith. I just saw you pop up. I'm going to do quiz of the week tomorrow. It's going to be a late... We're going to do things in a topsy-turvy fashion tomorrow. It's going to be uh, the Curly Cooks in the morning. Uh, I think about nine, quite early at nine. Um, and then Coffee Morning is going to be happening after that, Saturday Papers. And at the end of that, I'll be popping the quiz of the week. Um, so, yeah. And in, in, other, in other news... Uh, well... I, I popped it in the title. What What is everyone's thoughts about the... Not, I don't want us to speculate on what's going on for the Princess of Wales, Kate Middleton, but what do you think the royal family should be doing, in a sense, to manage the speculation? I mean, if you go onto Twitter at the moment, it, it's rife um, with with just all sorts of kind of mad conspiracy theories about, about her. But I think we are looking at a moment where the, the royal family are trying to negotiate how much do they... Yeah, he was a cat and the big brother, exactly. I mean, it's like an image one could, him in a leotard, meowing and drinking milk from a, from a, from a saucer. It's not a great, it's not a great moment, was it? Um, but anyway, you know, everyone has their moments. I mean, I remember, I'm sure there was a time when I was dressed as something somewhere, doing something with something I shouldn't have been doing. Do you know what I mean? Uh, thank God it happened pre-internet uh, or whatever it was. Um, oh, you'll be at Aquarobics Faith. It'll be there for when you come back. It'll be there for when you come back. 
Um, it might be happening around 11, 30, 12, so you can get yourself back and dry yourself off. You never know, you'd be there. Um, yeah, so sorry, nothing, the statement was clear, says L. Statement was clear, so she's okay. You think she's okay, Kate Middleton? I mean, I do think they're, they're, they're in a bit of a funk, isn't it? It's, it's that thing of you start to offer some information over, but it's become a, it's be, the, the sort of managing of it is the news story, not the not the actual detail, not, not whether there's actually any, any news. As the BBC is reporting here, a royal dilemma as public curiosity over Kate grows. I mean, again, it really is, it's sort of, Everyone just getting extraordinarily excited about there potentially being no news whatsoever. And in other news, Ollie Alexander has revealed his Eurovision entry. I don't know if anyone's heard it. I'm going to listen to it when I pop in the car. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I'm not. A f Is anyone here? Are you a Eurovision fan? Is it kitsch in a good way? I just don't understand how Israel have by, by circumnavigated the whole Europe thing. How did, how did that work out? How did? How come it's Eurovision and then it, and then Israel's in there? It's really weird, isn't it? I wonder if I wonder if Palestine are allowed an entry. Oh no, of course Palestine doesn't have it. Isn't a nation? Of course it isn't. Oh, of course no. no that's the whole bloody problem. Palestine isn't a recognised nation. I mean, that's the other point. Don't forget, guys. You're not even allowed to recognise it as a nation. Good God! Imagine if you said that of Israel. <laughs> Curtains. Um, Gabrielle, they just need to tell the truth. The public would have more respect for them then. Oh, royal family. The royal family. Uh, Catherine Gould. The royal family should just be honest about what's going on with them. As Elle says, a very simple name, maybe they have, and maybe that's just not enough for the news flow. Maybe it's not enough for the, for the sort of hunger, hunger meisterness of, of social media. <coughs> We're going to have to go now, guys, because I'm going to choke my guts up. <coughs> so, team, have a lovely Friday. Um, more content is landing. We have got literally a backlog of, of material that's going to be landing with you. Um, so keep your eyes peeled. Um, and as I say, it's a topsy-turvy way around tomorrow for Saturday content. Um, oh, and I'm pleased you got it. Elizabeth Miller. I'm so pleased. Lots of love, sweetie. Um, guys, have a lovely Friday and see you. See you anon, dear friends.